0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, everybody, to the finale of The Grey Guardians. The last time we'll be meeting this two-year campaign coming to its conclusion this evening. There are still choices to be made, and we're doing it all inside my new studio. Um, I'm officially moved in. Everything is installed. Everything is working beautifully, um, I cannot wait till our next campaign because the battle cam is so much better now um, mm. because I'm no longer using a peripheral link for the battle cam. I'm actually using the voodoo card and the voodoo card is a true 4k card, which means when we see the battle cam in the future, it's crisp, it's clear I've got professional lighting now, so I don't have to use a secondary lighting source. Cool. Um, And I will be revamping my battle boards. Um, I'm going to be putting LED lights on the interior of my battle boards to give it some uh, light flow in to cast upwards. And um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have fun tonight, because as I stated earlier, tonight is all about the players tonight. This is the journey that they've been on for a very long time. Their characters have gone through some extraordinary moments of both hard choices, difficult opportunities. And before we start our recap, does anybody want to say anything before we get started? (laughs) As we all awkwardly look at Mira.
1: (laughs) Uh, Who? What? (laughs) Who? who, Mira what? Well, everyone... um... I have enjoyed playing D&D for the very first time with all of you. I have grown to love your characters and I've grown to love you guys as friends and companions through this amazing journey and story that we've all told together. So <laughs> I wrote down a few things that the Grey Guardians have taught me <laughs> um, out of the book of the universe. <laughs> Um, Mayra has taught me acceptance For the things that You're not able to control Keen has taught me Perseverance That despite what life throws at us You can get back up to fight another day Her eyes ever Ever toward the horizon For Jet Her spirit There was never a moment she wavered Even against the greatest of foes she would face them head-on and make them regret ever messing with her. (laughs) I'm even (laughs) a mistake of looking. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um.
1: (laughs) Abraxas, to be present. The only time we have is the now. The importance of your actions of today are what you should focus on. Think of the impact of now that will serve the future. Gork, <laughs> heritage, future, heritage, and future. The effects of one person standing up and ensuring a future is both noble and selfless. Heroes come in many shapes and forms, but the God Killer <laughs> is one of legend and history for his people. Storyteller, telling stories. The main maestro, the architect of the world, of our characters, you have made strangers become friends and told a story that will stay within our hearts. In fact, thank you all for sharing your character and your stories with me and the rest of the world. I'm going to miss these guys. Yeah.
0: (sighs) Yeah, I've been playing...
2: Yeah. I have to say I've been playing campaigns for you know, a good chunk of my life. This is the most memorable group I've ever played with, (laughs) with the most heartfelt and you know like life-changing stories that we've told together for the past couple years. So
0: thank you all too. For just like I ain't talking. Part of the two years. I know. I
3: know it's you know that like this has been kind of like the first time I've ever gone from beginning to end with a character. Like for from bottom to level twenty. And I I just I'm thinking back like how like the situation my life was in when I started playing with you guys, just me as a player, and uh, where like I've moved across the country, I got married. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I did, like like I think about it like my my human life is different than when we started, but this has been something that I've like been like l- something always this kind of constant of looking forward to like hanging out with you guys and just just I, this all kind of came out of the. The COVID idea of like what? How do we f- get that feeling? How do I get that feeling back? I was doubtful that I would get that feeling of being yeah. on the table again. Yeah, it, it's and, hard. And it's and we're two years later, and you're, you're like, I I could not have pictured like a better group of people playing with. I've learned mirror metrics. <laughs> <I've
2: learned,
3: laughs> uh, you know, like I, the and and just like. I, there, I always talk about d d having, like, two levels of, of memory. Like, I remember, mm. yeah, logging in and, and, you know, leveling up and joking around and all of the tech issues and all the, you know, like, <laughs> all these dumb things. And then, but I also, like, re- you know, like, I remember whenever there was, like, a cool moment, it was twice. It was twice as big because it was mm. us around the table being excited for a natural 20, a cool idea, a... Uh, even a shit natural one turning into something <laughs> hilarious, whatever it was, and then there's like the story itself and how it's kind of unfolded and and mm. and made itself this kind of breathing living thing. So it's like the memory of us laughing at the natural one and natural twenty, and then in game having someone like die and and what it meant to have to to address it. There's like like oh shit, you know those moments of natural 20 where you get to like cheer your friend i could see it in my mind yeah clear as day both sides of it you know so <laughs> that, like that's the this has been like a prime example like if anyone wants to see what like a game of dnd can do to like build just just like storytelling camaraderie friendship like this has been as as clear as i can t- make it to people like hey this is what D&D is. And this has Mm. been the first time I've been able to
0: say that, you know, like all the way through. That's pretty amazing. So anybody else? Are we ready for our final recap?
1: Keep delaying it. That is true.
3: We got (laughs) to, we got to come, we got to, we got to, we got to finish telling the tale.
1: Yeah. Yeah
0: and what a tale it is journey that began a while ago with friends that are not with us now either through the condition of the world and the way we move through it but a group that gradually came to the realization that kiothi a female goliath of unique interpretation of the world was beset with a vision. This vision of the calamity truly not being over yet. She used her chrono magic to cast herself out into the past and future of the people that she brought in to aid her in the discovery of the books of the nine. These nine books not known to her specifically of what they are in power or purpose, but brought about the idea of conclusion, brought about the idea that maybe if the calamity were to finally succumb to its end, the suffering of the world could end as well. The great battles and manipulation of empire and monarchs, regents, guild houses all those looking to seek control and manipulation through the continuous use of the unending magics and things of this world that threaten the continuation and the idea of future the idea that a future out of millions is the one that could be found amongst many threads and strands of possibility. The journey began with the Sky Elves and the Tundra Ice and the realization that they needed to find the first book. This journey led them with a friend that had to move on at some point. And this friend found some bit of peace and solace with Alora, and worked for her for a bit to find clues in the library of Uthadurn. The rest of you spent many months traveling, whether it's the first discovery of the Butcher Block, uh, Moradane's workshop in the deep underground and what that gave an opportunity for Gork to be able to tinker with some unique magics. Gork discovering his own fate and lineage um, through the lava warrens and realizing the first understanding of their Templar self and the lineage and what it meant. All this culminating in the search of the Valley of the Dead or Valley of Death. And here facing off against the Stygian, and the book being found there, and closing of that gate, not only afforded the opportunity of retrieving yet another book, but the team had brought peace to a valley that had only ever known curse and struggle for a very long time. An unending churn of battle, death, and an inability to hope for a better future. The valley was renamed and some downtime was given as many months were spent in the Valley of the Gray and this valley became a kind of anchor point for the team. As for the first time, Mira was able to place her first life tree and this life tree reached out to the ethereal and was a beacon to those of her kind looking for a safe haven. And while she had learned of betrayal, she also learned that redemption is just as important as the recognition of when people think they're doing the right thing, only to learn they didn't. And therefore, a particular priestess had set out on a trail of hopefully retrieving and bringing back the Kalistar to this anchored spot. All of this eventually led to the floating pieces of the fractured citadel, not only bringing it back, but facing off against those that would continue to not only hope to maintain the Calamity's presence, but as each book is found, each shadow memory of the book being affected on the material plane, the team continued, persevered. Eventually adding Keen to the group, eventually the journey revealing the dream walk of Mira, Keen's haunted past, having to be overcome so that while she possessed the first book of nine, having that dark harbinger of guilt and insecurity finally being exercised. Abraxas' journey of discovery of the chronomagic and this new god called Kronos and this idea of time dilation, what time really means. Time versus memory versus journey versus experience and the power that we absorb from it. For Jet finally taking the mantle and the staff and the few truth seekers that remain but do survive being given an opportunity of a future of their own. Perhaps it will be somewhere else or someplace else, but by far this the toughest title to carry, the title of God Slayer. And here this team of five met against a creature, a daughter of Asmodeus, seeking out the conclusion of the calamity and the revelation of memory that the books themselves are the contained memories of the period of founding and how the betrayer gods were put into their prisons this became the template this began the final understanding that with the retrieval of the final book not knowing what kiyothe's intent was where we last left off (coughs) Glacius had been destroyed through memory. Her betrayal of her father and her father's response to that betrayal, causing her to hesitate, allowing Abraxas to plunge the temporal sword into the chest of Glacius, fracturing her material anchor. It was at that moment, at that point in time, revealed to Kiothi? and the chronomagic that she was using finally came to its end. She appeared. She appeared with all the allies that you guys have made. The Sky Elves, the great herds of Yeti, the Vikings and the Orcs of the Grey Valley. All the allies that have been affected by what you've done. can be seen moving towards the great host that is coming out of the gates of Avernus. Here, Kyothi makes her stand, tossing the book, the final book, over to Abraxas and then creating a temporal shunt of her own to get you back to the Citadel. The last one to go through was Gork, hesitating and looking at what must be the greatest fight to have ever be given a possibility, showing a little bit of reserve, realizing that the legions of creatures may not be stopped here on the battlefield, but may be stopped through guarding his friends, providing his friends the opportunity that they need to finish this fight, to finally close the chapter of Calamity. One by one, going through the portal, you appear on the stairs of the Great Citadel Spire in front of you. The Academy remade, the great fractured regions of the Citadel reassembled. You're greeted by a familiar dragon form, the jade dragon kind of looking down at the five of you. And that's when you notice that on the peripheral edge of this place, under rock and near hiding places, all of the dragon folk or the dragon born from down below have assembled here. when you realize out on the horizon great masses of creatures are slowly making their way towards the citadel you can see explosions of arcane gates coming into existence as the very gates of avernus have been sundered and opened upon the world all of it emptying itself out into the space to stop the five of you Dragon looks at each one of you and smiles. Her huge wings and mass kind of circling with anticipation of the fight. She looks up at the incoming tide of unending chaos. Well, we'll hold them off as long as we can. And you watch as the dragon takes flight. You watch as the maybe a hundred or so dragonborn, heavily armed and armored, begin to make their way towards the edge of the precipice of the Citadel. The five of you stand, get at the entrance. The double doors are open, completely vacant, no sign, No sound, just the restored interior of an ancient citadel that maybe holds the final clues to sealing both Avernus and potentially setting things into their proper expectations. The temporal shunt has gifted all of you a long rest. Hello. Oh yeah. So You can go ahead and click You're off welcome. a long rest. I, did. I, did. <laughs> I should have been doing that the whole time. <laughs> long rest. Well, I mean, it definitely had a lot more presence because you finally had the sword. Uh, and it's funny because me and Barry were talking about this last week. We were like, it's amazing how she didn't give up on that sword. Mm. I'm not That's really it. sure how it would have gone without it I'll, I'll be honest I'm not really sure how that would have gone but the mm-hmm. fact that she turned herself into a little arctic fox and convinced you to continue looking for that sword might have been one of those points in the in the campaign that was pretty interesting mm. to say the least I
1: gave a fox about it
0: <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there and my ears are <laughs> Five of you stand at the entrance to the citadel. What would you like to do?
1: Uh, Well, this is it. I I guess there's no time to waste. Yep, let's go in.
2: Get the books into the statue's hands.
1: Right. And Mara will turn to Gork. Do you still have those heads?
4: We left them here (laughs) last time.
3: Oh, the statues!
1: Where did we leave them?
4: They should still be in the chamber. Okay.
1: (sighs) All right. No time like the present.
0: As you guys walk across the threshold and into the interior (sighs) space. For the most part, the only thing remaining of its former self is the fact that the scaffolding is still there. With the stairwells, that a, a stairway of scaffolding that leads up into the navigation chamber, where all the celestial star kind of representations of the Astral Sea exist. Where the helmet is. Um, alongside that chamber where the nine stone heads reside. Uh, the ones that you had retrieved from the alternate form of Kyothi that had come in from the shadow fell, I believe. But the iridescent light and the magical nature of the interior of the Citadel cannot be ignored. There is something different about it. You look up at the different statues kind of circled around the center of the Citadel, looking down with their shoulders and busts of bodies, their hands outstretched absent are their heads. And now we know why. It's part of the ritual. The false kiyothe who had traveled from the Shadowfell had hoped to use them for their own purposes. But that was not going to happen. The other thing that you notice is in translucent arcane sphere now exists in front of each statue, and it is a celestial pattern of the prime, one represented in front of each statue. You can see it casting up and projected out in front of the hands, and in between their hands, where you thought the book was supposed to go, is now a projection of their celestial form in constellation of stars. You can see the one for Aiyun, the Wild Mother, Beowulf, the Dawn Father, Kor. All nine represented here. The entire interior of the Citadel is lit up with the fact that you can all feel a steady hum in the interior of the Citadel, like this deep long forgotten engine somewhere deep in the roots of this place beginning to come back to life <clears throat> um,
4: so the, the, gap, the, the heads are they're still laying on the ground where we left them
0: up in the uh, up in the astral sea chamber yes
1: Okay, and there isn't any access to the statues, right?
0: No, they are quite large. They they average about 20 to 30 feet in height. They're great effigies in representation. Uh, All their bodies feel or look the same from the shoulder, neck, side down. Their hands are out in front of them, palm up, with now the constellation of each of the nine gods kind of represented in each individual hand.
3: And is Kyothi gone?
1: I was just about
0: to She was left behind to do what she can to delay. She's so the, doing the battle. fight. Yeah. She's essentially leading the fight with Alora and Kima.
3: This is Mount Doom and the battle's happening outside mm-hmm. as we're throwing the ring into the right. <laughs> Correct.
0: <laughs> nice. See <laughs> what you did yeah. there, buddy. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I dig it. We we need to I actually i guess we've have we seen has abraxis seen a vision or timeline of this event like
0: is there no the last thing you remember Keothi saying she has no idea what to expect next her time and right. understanding of vision and time is brand new from this point on
3: this is the gap this is the, the 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 end of all things correct time-wise got it correct
1: <sighs> okay, I guess there's one way up, and Mira will mold Earth and get like a column to go up to like the hands. Because
3: I can't fly. I remember flying, and then there being like
0: temporal. how is it is it, is it?
1: is it like statues well,
0: or was like is the... It in the wall? Well, the the original effect on your flying was because the gate hadn't been shut yet, so there was strange magic's going on at that time. Almost as if like time had been slowed. That's been effectively gone for a while now. The way that you view the nine statues, they're in a semicircle almost like in a very kind of like theater way. Like this huge theater.
1: Like they're all looking down in the center? Yeah,
0: and they're they're like all arranged around it and there's no heads, right? It's just their hands, They're 25 foot tall forms of their statue form, and inside each hand, a, a kind of like constellation arcane globe representing each of the nine prime deities.
3: I'm going to reach out and cast fly at seventh level and we can all fly now. Okay.
1: Yay. <laughs>
3: Level 20, baby, let's do
0: this. <laughs> let's burn some spell slots. So all of you begin to kind of like hover, and you realize you now have the ability to fly.
4: I would like to... Actually, so it's sixth
3: level, because I can fly without the fly spell.
0: Correct. <clears throat> go ahead,
4: I would, uh, I would like to go and start fetching the heads.
0: Okay. Uh, you watch as Gork flies up to the interior of the astral chamber... Goes inside, and you come back with the nine stone heads. Which is strange. They're not very large. They're quite smaller than what the statues are.
1: <laughs>
4: um, I'll try and go to the closest one and try and match the head.
1: I'd like to grab a head from Gork as well.
0: Okay, so grabs to- one. Gork has one. Everybody else each grabbing a head at this point? Yeah, yeah. We're trying okay. to... This- uh, give me everyone give me a history check as you examine the statues, the constellations, and the head of the statues that you grab.
3: I'm going to burn a thing and roll with advantage because I'm okay. not- <gasps> four.
4: Gork doesn't know shit.
0: Nat 20. <laughs> Woo! Nat twenty.
4: Natural. I'm just going up to a statue. I'm just putting one head on at a time to see if that <laughs> <laughs> what did you get, Mira?
1: I rolled an 18, so I got a 25. Okay. Jet, I got an 11.
0: So as Gork and Jet are at the first statue just trying different heads, Mira, you recognize one of the heads matches one of the nearby constellations, The kind of like the second statue over, where you can see the pulsing globe of Starscape kind of revealing the, um, the constellation of Ayunt. A prime deity of intelligence, magic, information, knowledge. Those that seek dark or those that seek deep understanding of magic and knowledge will typically call her pantheon and call her um, someone that they follow. And you grab one of the heads out of Gork's hands that recognize that and you start drifting and flying over to that one. Keen, you grab Kord's statue head, and you recognize right alongside Mira is the constellation for Kord. And you drift over to that one. For you, Abraxis, you recognize the one from Alora. And you grab that one, and right along Keen. It's a statue and constellation that matches Melora. Mm -hmm. Kord, a god of strength. Melora, a goddess of beauty and nature. For Jet, between you and Gork, the two of you identify a fourth one. You two identify the Raven Queen. And realize the first statue that the two of you are dealing with is the raven queen's representation in star form but as all of you hold these statue heads to the statue bodies the heads are tiny in comparison but as you begin to focus on these they you're missing a step and you're not sure what that is
3: Can Did I roll I? Arcana to see if there's any kind of magical clue? Like sure. if I see.
1: Mira? <clears throat> Can I assist them with that? Sure. There's a
3: 27. 27.
1: Oh, I don't think you need help, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I got a nat 20! we <laughs> hey. Hey. got super help. <laughs>
0: Both Abraxas and Mira look over for Jet. Where are the books?
3: The books have to go first. We gotta give them something to read before we give them eyes with which to read.
1: <laughs> you know, that makes sense. Does it? Does it? I mean... <laughs> For statues, do they really read?
3: <laughs> um. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I'll fly
1: back. We up. gotta p-
3: open the books, yeah. Yeah, I'll...
5: I'll oh, boy. I will...
0: Watches for Jet opens up her bag, pulls out the box. The box is humming with an arcane energy, like you can feel it vibrate in your hands as you pull out. You flip open the books. Here, finally revealed on each book is the name of each betrayer god. Mm -hmm. Because these books are memory, it's beginning to make sense, but you're not really sure how to do this, but you have to match book to statue and you have to do it in such a way that you get the feeling that these are aligned with the idea of countering betrayer God with a prime God. Hmm. Almost like the memory of the book will, will might reveal which prime God captured, which betrayer God. Hmm. And maybe that's how they keep this secret. Maybe this is how they keep these books safe. Maybe this is what it means to finally end Calamity. To put the books in their proper order, the proper deity's representation, and then maybe placing the stone headdress on each statue is what brings all this to its conclusion. But... Praxis, you're going to be the only one that would have a lingering memory of just how dangerous opening these books could be. Hmm. I
3: mean, I'm sharing everything. So yeah. There's no, there's no secrets. There's no timeline hidden things. Every one of me know is expressing to every one of them their history. No so whammy jammies. Know. Yeah, nothing hidden. The shi- uh, shining a light on all. but we do have to somebody's got to do somebody we each got to do something
1: well if we are going to open these books does that mean the portals will open here we,
3: so. they've been they've been changed by this place enough even as like you can see that there's like words on the cover there's names we've seen the alternate we just need to figure out who is v- we need to figure out what uh where to place ourselves in our in time and in our minds and in the story to then channel the memories because these are memories right yeah so if we open these, that means that our brains are going to be flooded with the memory of creation of these things. If if even if it's just an echo. So we need to steal ourselves and protect
2: ourselves. Okay. Hey, maybe if we skip to the endings of the books, that'll be like <laughs> when the when the primes captured the betrayer guys, and we'll know mm-hmm. which ones to match. <laughs>
1: <laughs> first, spoiler yeah.
4: alert you have to have the books open to like a specific point
1: <laughs> hmm.
5: um, when, when we originally came here the first time weren't we gifted a vision of of the ceremony
3: mm-hmm.
5: done yes a-
3: of one timeline I don't know if uh...
2: and it got interrupted by the explosion
3: <clears throat> right yeah, yeah. So,
0: so, uh, <laughs> like, God, defeating
4: Nazo daughter was way easier than this.
0: <laughs> this is
2: uh-uh. my brain. <laughs> so, not good.
4: I'm just, importantly, let's I'm just go order for Jam. whoa, just let me see one of the books then. I'm gonna just try, I'm gonna try and just open it up and grab one. Ain't no way to do it but to do it. Let's do it. Okay. Which book do
0: you hand Gork, for Jet?
4: There um, are nine. I will I... cast Protection of Evil and Good on myself.
0: Okay.
1: I'm preparing a uh, resurrection.
0: <laughs> there is the Book of Osmodeus, the Book of Bane, the Book of Grimush, Book of Loth, a Dune, Tiamat,
4: Torag, Vecna, and Zeyu. Oh, you said, said Book of Grimush. Give me that. There's your <laughs> the guy. <laughs> give okay. me, give me.
1: I was going to give you the
5: one of the God that you like already beat up, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right,
3: It was because that was Gramush versus Zeriel. No.
4: Mm. Mm-mm. I don't remember.
5: It was Zeriel. Yeah. It was the
0: Avernus book. I'm going
4: to just go. I'm just yeah. going to take that. And just...
0: Ooh, boy. Uh, Gork, go ahead and give me a wisdom save, please.
4: Fantastic. 21.
0: Oops, wrong one. Not bad. <laughs> oh. I'm back, baby. York, you are adrift. Your mind circles in such a way that you suddenly can hear the drums, the war horns, and you're standing amongst thousands of orcs, thousands, as far as the eye can see. You look to your right and your left, on either side of you, your heritage, your lineage, your ancestors, all those that visit you in their translucent magical form as you've invoked <clears throat> the memory of those lineages. This feels more real, more complete, like you're there. You could hear the guttural growls of dozens of orc, beaten hammers, bashing shields, staring across the vast plains. And here, moving amongst the orc, a strange kind of demon-like visage, bolstering, commanding, forcing these Templars to do its bidding and a great sadness washing over you. And the thrum of Grumash's drum beating in your mind on the opposite landscape. So many elves, humans, and other lineages in great defensive positions presence of the gods are here and you could feel it, except for one. You could hear the anger and the seething hate of Grumash's drum in your mind and the thrum of lies, the great lie that Zarel told the Templars and brought them here to their doom. You watch as a single wizard begins to glide up and out of the mass throngs of the opposition and floats there. Begins to invoke Ayun's wrath and all the knowledge of the lie being poured into the masses below. And in this moment of conflu- confusion, you watch as great clouds of arrows, chromatic dragons of gold, brass, and silver, and copper, beginning to descend in and towards the lines of the Templars. And then you blink. You guys watch as Gork's presence is back his mind no longer looking away. And without even reacting, Gork takes the book, walks over to the statue of Ayun, and places Grumash's book into its hands. He did. As you do that, Gork, the sound And all of you look around to watch ethereal visages of orcs fill the entire interior of the citadel. Thousands of them. And they let out a great war chant of relief. Their souls finally given the gift to travel to Grimash's house. And to know the forever war of the astral sea. And they all turn in unison towards Gork and they cough. Boom! Great crescendo of orc yells cascade out and around. And one by one, they begin to fade. Save for one. The original parentage of Gork's line, the first of the Templars, the first who fell sway to Zarel, condemning this line of orc to perpetual servitude. And it steps forward. I knew it was you. I knew you would be the one that would free us from this. Thank you. And just for a moment, there's a smile and they fade. And as they fade, you watch as one of the statue heads goes to full sight. (laughs) And it's a visage. Of Ayun, her great Ayun stone eye in her forehead. So, whoever had the Ayun statue and head would watch it come to full fruition. The book in the hands, the celestial map sparking, the head kind of adhering to the statue, and then the Ayun stone in the head flaring. first of nine is concluded. The relief given to those souls trapped and lied to at the time of the betrayal of Zarel, Grumash's book, safely in the hands of Ayune, safely in the knowledge of the deep secret, finally concluded. And you watch as a bright, kind of like, cone of energy <laughs> lashes up in the direction of the astral chamber. And as it hits the astral chamber, the thrum of the citadel gets louder. The thrum of a deep, long forgotten engine gaining more power.
4: I do not think the books are dangerous here.
1: That was excellent. And Mira fist bump Gork.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat>
4: like the, the Thor and. Uh... Hulk, just walk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My science strength. <sighs>
4: I have created. Super or, yeah, you activate your. your yeah. Your
1: <laughs> it just turns on when I get hit.
0: <laughs> I've created super nerds. I apologize. <laughs>
1: <sighs> All right. Well, who's next? Um, I, I guess I'll, by one. I'll I guess I'll go and uh, Mayra is just gonna gingerly like put out her hands and just like shaking and grab a book
0: as you do your hand wraps around the book of Thera's doom the betrayer god of destruction chaos the antithesis of Melora
1: She pulls it open.
0: As you open this book, you're adrift in a time of the making of the world. The gods may be present, they may not be. It's always hard to know. you're watching a world be birthed, a world come into fruition and existence. You then feel the incessant sadness of Melora's mind as you watch a great darkened cloud of destruction, hate, chaos, cataclysm. A cloud linked to a god that sees only opportunity to remake a world in an image of their own. And as this dark void spreads across the beginnings of a world, you watch as a translucent hand, translucent form stands in front of this great void. They seem to be Sylvan in appearance, but it's an odd feeling at first, a strangeness, a familiarity. This form reaching deep into their inner self to find the power that they need to channel Melora's faith and understanding in them. Alongside this form, a sphere, an orb of translucent energy. And then you hear a wispy voice look at the sphere. Well, what do we do? The sphere pulses with life. We only do what we can. Perhaps there's something for us out there, but we must channel this. We must do what we must, to present this chaos from destroying this world. I think we are linked. You watch as the image of your mother turns to look at a familiar form of Erebus, And the two of them channel an arcane energy of understanding as the only way to truly save their people was to come to the beginning of when the void was first created. And when this void fractured and was sent spinning off into the Astral Sea, it threatened the very existence of the Kalistar homeland. And just for a moment, your mother's face kind of turns to look over her shoulder as if someone's watching. And she just smiles.
1: You're not so far away.
0: And she looks over her shoulder to stare. Erebus floats nearby, comforting her. It's not a sacrifice of our future. It's a redemption of our past. Your mother smiles in your direction yet again. She turns and floats towards what she believes to be you, but she can't quite see you. You can hear her voice. I'm not dead. I exist now because you and your friends have done the one thing that others of us could not do. And I am taking this opportunity to set things right. She looks over her shoulder away from you to see the ever creeping, growing void getting closer and closer.
1: No,
0: don't. don't go. It's impossible for me to ever leave you, child. We are Kalishtar. We are both the beginning and the end of a people that cannot perish. We may be doomed to suffer from time to time, travel looking for a home that we think exists. You feel her translucent hand pass through your chest. The home is always here. Home is memory. Because memory cannot be taken. Memory is the beginning and the end of all things. What you see here is a new memory that you will pass on to our people about how we got a second chance and not to waste it. At that point, you watch as the sphere of Erebus shifts and change into a male form and looks at you
1: You're not looking too bad there, Erebus.
0: As your mother says, I am the first of Kalishtar. I am truly the beginning. Your mother is the end. Our line can never be broken. You are the daughter of a future yet to be told. You and your friends have given us this opportunity.
1: I understand.
0: And they both kind of smile at each other and turn and begin to float towards the void. There's a great collision of dark and light. Without hesitation, everybody watches as Mira comes out of her kind of dream state she's in.
1: She'll shed a tear (laughs) as she places it.
0: And you watch as she places the book of Therazadun into the constellation hands of Melora, the statue, head growing to full size, the bust being remade, Another like shunt of energy sh- <laughs> crashing up into the astral chamber, the thrum getting louder, getting deeper, getting more present. Who would like to go next?
5: Uh, I'll go ahead and uh, take a book then.
0: Let's see, which one should you take? (laughs) Oh, you reach in and you grab a book with a decrepit hand on it and an eye in its palm. You pick up the book of Vecna. And you feel your mind begin to be pulled in to a memory. And here, you feel yourself drift down and out, swirling into a morass. And as you do, you're being pulled through many defeats that this God has suffered. At one point, you are looking down Upon a great city on the back of a massive titan and there you could see seven individuals fighting for their lives Vasselheim down below suffering from these creatures a great battle is ensuing below you you drift through this battle you drift through time you displace your understanding of truth and wisdom. You, oh no, she was gone. <laughs> oh no, what happened? <laughs> how, how much could you hear up to what point?
5: Um, I picked up the book, book of Vecna.
0: Okay. So as you drift through the memories of Vecna's defeats, it's a point where you're looking down upon a great city that you would know as Thermopylae, on the back of a great Titan. And there in battle is Vecna with seven individuals you do not recognize. And the battle rages, the cataclysm of it ebbs back and forth, back and forth. And you pass through this memory of defeat. Eventually, you pass through more memories of Vecna's defeat. Never truly ascending to a true godhood status, but always suffering through the ineptitude of foresight. Limited understanding of wisdom and intelligence. Limited understanding of what it means to truly be in control of one's understanding of intelligence, planning, strength. You're on the back of a dragon, flying high over the unending battlefield down below. You look at your gnarled gnomish hands. You see the staff in one hand, and you're wearing the mantle. But you are the first of the truth seekers. You remembered this vision before. This individual living a very long time ago, and somehow has transcended to this point. Looking down below, you could see the great vast army of orcs, the demon creature, waiting amongst them, bolstering their ranks and numbers. You'd see a great dark void creeping ever into the interior of the battlefield but two bright points of light fending off that void. The great pal- uh, the great platinum dragon's visage arcs its head to look back at you and the booming voice shall we give them the time that they need? And you look right. And you look left and you can see great swarms of copper, gold, silver, and brass dragons, all flying in like a hovering pattern behind you and the great platinum dragon that you sit astride. You grab onto the staff, You feel the power of the mantle and the staff ebb through your body as the massive hordes of red, black, green, blue, and white dragons begin to lift up and out of the great masses down below. The form of Baalmoot fills you with the strength that you need. The strength to defeat this would-be god, who never will be a god his own short-sightedness, his own narcissistic assurance that no matter what, Godhood Godhood is something that he has earned and should be given. And as the peace of Bamut spreads through you and the great chromatics begin to fly towards one another, the air fills with the smell of ozone, arcane energy, power. The great masses teeming down below, colliding in great struggle and strength with one another. Here, the raging battle of the battlefield fills your ears. All of you watch as Fragette drifts over with the Book of Vecna, and places it in the celestial star pattern of Beomut. She then walks over to the stack of heads, statuesque heads, pulls out Beomut's effigy, places it in its spots, and a third Column of energy arches up into the astral platform up above the thrum, the Citadel getting ever louder. Vecna's book placed Grimash's book has been placed. And there's a Dune's book has been placed. I
2: guess I'll see if I can find the book of Asmodeus, because that's the one that I had the connection to.
0: Hmm. And there, on the surface of its cover, a great flaming crown. crown, the keeper of the nine hells, the crown, the beginning and the ending, the story of the betrayer gods, both father and mother to their heritage, and you pick up the book and you grasp onto it. Your mind drifts into memory. Here it starts and begins the redemption of yourself coming to terms with what you were and what you've now become lost in the treachery of a world that never gave you an opportunity to be anything other than what they forced you to be the realization of being with your new friends and journeying with them. Alongside you, a great sun, the glowing orb of the sun of alexandria So close, but you know it's so far. And as the battle rages below, you can see the growing void of darkness creeping towards two very shiny sparks of light. You see the great orc horde and Legion fighting it out with all of the defenders of Exandria. And then the great tides of all the dragons ebbing back and forth over this huge struggle of control over the battlefield. So easy, just to close your eyes and forget all of this, to forget your own past, but it's the journey of healing. You feel a connection with the sun, the great orb of life. And here you can hear a soft voice in your mind. The darkness of our past does not dictate our future. Our past is just a stepping stone towards our journey to get where we think we are going. And you look down at yourself, a great female form wearing gauntlets and plate mail. And although you can't see your physical self, you feel strength. You feel the power of Pelor course through your form the healing touch of their words in your mind, to your right and to your left, upon griffins, eagles, and other creatures. The great cadre of Pelor's followers, all the paladins of the known time are here. But you could feel their distant dark memories too bad choices bad journeys fraught with misgivings uncertainties you could just feel the healing energy wave out from yourself and into them and then you feel palor's mind just join with yours as you take on the visage of the first of all Paylor's champions. That you feel, for the very first time in your life, redeemed of who you were, knowing that your journey's future is still yet to happen. And as you come out of the confines of the memory. You take the book of Osmodeus you walk over to the constellation that represents Palor, Placing the book in its hands, the great statue head coming back into its rightful condition placed upon the shoulders and bust. A fourth column of energy <laughs> arcing up, striking into the astral platform up above. And now all of you can feel the citadel begin to spin on a slight rotation, barely noticeable. (laughs) Hear the creaking and aching of millennia's worth of stones beginning to shift under the weight.
3: <clears throat> this whole time, Abraxis has been like, kind of above everyone, just making sure, like, waiting to see if anything bad happens. Just very, like, in kind of like a protective stance, kind of like wings out, you know.
4: And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go grab uh, another book.
0: Yeah. So as the praxis overlooks this and keeps an eye on things, one by one, the four of you grab remaining books. You relive the memory of the beginnings of calamity, each of the trayer gods being tied in to each of the prime. you relive those memories, the great battle that was fought time and time again, watching it play out below you. There is one final book though, that still exists. There is one that none of you recognize as you stare at it. Mm. This was the book that Kyothi had doesn't seem to match any of the betrayer gods, and it's confusing. The image on its cover, its surface, is a darkened background with nine symbols anchored around it. And in the middle, a single black star that seems to kind of like pull light into it on its own accord.
4: I'll open it.
0: He watches Gork, picks it up. Gork, give me a constitution save, please.
4: Oh, I'm good at those. (laughs) Kind of. Nat 20. (laughs) Nat 26. (laughs) You almost feel your
0: entire life essence get pulled into it. And as you're kind of like pulled into it, you hear the sound of a ticking, but it doesn't sound right. forget as you're holding the last of the statue heads, doesn't look familiar at all to you. As every all the other ones been placed and all the arcs of light come into existence? <clears throat> the final book and the final statue do not seem to have any kind of matching understanding. The eight points of light Striking the underside of the astral platform.
3: I would note would I notice that something happened to Gork <laughs> when you
0: he tried have to. You would notice that he was like pulled into it and like physically being drawn into it. Hmm. But his stoic resistance and his physical ability to resist it, he kind of pulls himself out. It's kind of I don't know if you've ever seen the Army of Darkness. Oh, the- where yeah. he, he physically gets pulled into the. Necromonicon and like has yeah. to climb out of it. It sure. kind of has that same kind of blurry view,
3: right? I'm gonna just kind of like go up and be like, "What's wrong? What happened?"
4: Well, I tried to pull me into it, and I get—I didn't get any memories from it, right? No memories, just the sound of a ticking noise, right. and that was it. It sounds like a clock. You here?
5: We turn it Oh, yeah. I, I,
3: I'm going to be like, well, there it is. That's the one. I'm just, I'm just going to hold my hand out to just kind of like brace for impact. <laughs> and you grab know, for flavor, as soon as it touches my hands, the rest of me turns into my trance of water form, where right? I kind of like, from as soon as the book touches my hand, from my hand through the rest of my body, it's just going to like liquefy and solidify into like my, my higher self form. What? My transport? Moment- you've seen it.
0: Yeah. Oh. And the moment that
1: I'm Gork- still excited, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: but it's not, <laughs> <don't-> it's just <laughs> like, but it's, but I'm going to do it like instinctually. Like, like it's almost like the thing is protecting me from the book.
0: Cool. Right. And the moment that book strikes your hand, you're immediately lost into the sound of that ticking clock. Yeah. Constant, pervasive. And as your memory drifts, all around you is both darkness and light. You could see a figure on one end of your peripheral and another figure on the other end. And as the ticking pervades, gradually the two figures combine. <laughs> and it's a brightness, this brightness that immediately begins to absorb the dark. Dact- darkness around it, giving it a kind of effervescence. And you watch this form kind of float up to your mind's eye, your visage. The form itself is memorable to you. It is mechanicus in its purest of form. The clockwork of its form It's beyond perfect. The gear work, the magic of the coils and springs, the cabling, the liquid kind of metal shimmering through its form, never truly giving off its face, hanging from what should be the silhouette of its head, eight tendrils of light. And then you watch as a ninth tendril, comes into existence the ticking slows and gradually begins to fade a form a voice unlike anything you've ever heard before the faith of those of time can be the most important ones of all. There is always beauty in nature, healing and redemption, wisdom and understanding, power and strength. These are the things that are controlled by the most important. time. None of these things can exist without it. Your acceptance of me and your faith in what I can become. I choose you, Abraxas, my first champion. And you watch as your form begins to change. And those looking at you would notice your form begin to change as you take on the purity of Mechanicus. Your sentient understanding of the beginning of time comes into your being. As you're gifted as the first champion of Kronos, a new God has been brought into existence Because time itself is living. It's important. Time is what it takes to love. Time is what it takes to wage war. Time is what it takes to build things of beauty. Heal. Establish faith. Creation, existence. Without time, the worlds, the astral sea, and all things that exist could not exist. And it's this understanding of time, its manipulation, the many strands of it corsairing around you, colliding slamming into this translucent figure hovering in front of you. As your form completes its shift. A familiar helmet tucked underneath your arm. And the voice of Kronos in your mind. It can never be found. It can never be retrieved. Your journey will be unending. You will never know permanency. You will never know the trusting companionship of others. As a champion, you will only know the importance of your journey to keep them hidden, to never allow them to be revealed again. The form drifts closer towards you. Do you accept this oath?
3: And I'm going to take the helmet and it kind of like absorbs through my horns and onto like forming me like a new like cowl Well, I have enough time to prove my worth. Yes, I accept
0: And with that, you come out of your memory of present. All of you watch as a very transfixed and changed Abraxas stands there. You recognize the helmet on their head as the one that was up in the astral chamber. You watch as the ninth and final statue reveals itself to be a nine-tendrilled visage of time, the nine links of time to the nine betrayer gods. And you watch as that final book of the void is placed by Abraxis in the hands of the god Kronos. That's my guy. (laughs) Column of energy striking into the base of the astral platform up above the rotation of the Citadel gaining in strength, the hum and the gradual feeling of the Citadel beginning to lift upwards.
3: I'm understanding that this is now my ride.
0: Possibly. Sounds like it was the oath that you took. Yep.
3: I'm just gonna kind of like hover kind of down and just be like um this is the way it was always supposed to go. So um we'll have to part here.
1: Um no,
3: <laughs> this has been this has been um this is this has been a journey, and I'm happy to have known all of you and happy to have been here to protect all of you and to try and help all of you and to be worthy of your help and this will be the end of this story but uh uh Hey, memories are our own way of time travel. And whenever you think of me, you just go right back.
4: Don't feel too bad about it. I almost didn't come here. On another timeline, you
3: didn't. But (laughs) there's plenty of more battles for you to fight, Gork, I think. Um, We'll we'll see. But you've, you've... You've helped rewrite the history of this world. Maybe not by by punching. I'm sorry it was books, man. I really am. I'm sorry it was...
4: I'm sorry about that, too.
3: I'm sorry it was books. But look at how far you've come. I just kind of, like, look around at everybody. I'm not quite sure what the next steps are, but... um, for all of you. We gotta head out and reclaim your time now that we're done.
5: You're gonna, like, come back and visit though, right?
3: I don't know what the rules are. I never have. Just kind of... Things always balance out. And even if I never see you all again, I will have. You're not thinking fourth dimensionally, guys. This is. <laughs> I don't, don't think that more much. clear. No. You remember me? I'm there. Oh, uh, so who are you again?
2: Oh no, it's happening already. Oh no,
3: I've been erased from this time too. No. But you'll. I will if I can. Know that, of course, but uh, I'm guarding something. And um, it's a big oath. But you all need to be. You'll need to take this. And take this time. It's yours now. Because you've. Time? yeah. I thought it was your thing <laughs> it's a, consider it a gift because now this has uh, changed all of us and you can take that with you Mara you can take your people with you plant the trees share the memories for Jet I'm sure you're going to write this down in a book of some kind
5: it's going to be like a whole saga.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and you'll share those stories. All those books that you would go looking for in libraries, now you get to put some of them in there, in there yourself. And Kane, you can redefine who you are as many times as it feels right to do. You can change, stay the same, re-experience some lost person you once were All of it. But you have the control. You're in charge of you.
2: I practice. You've always been the one to take care of all of us. And now you're going to be taking care of everything. I mean,. Yeah,
3: well, you you were there to take care of. You're the team. This was always the team, the path. And I'll take care of everyone who. I, just think of it as I'm just, I'm just adding more people, more life, more time <laughs> to the things that I'm taking care of. Oops, the things that I'm taking care of. But
5: yeah, who's gonna take care of you?
3: I got time on my side. <laughs> I'll take care of all the let's think of every time idiom uh, phrase <laughs> everything reference pun no I got nothing but time and um, I think this was whatever pain you experienced you know that that that, it, that changes you also it guides you It, you know I got you and it'll be my privilege and honor to not just take care of everybody to know that by taking care of all of this, I'm taking care of you for.
1: Is this truly what you want?
3: This is my purpose and that's all I've ever wanted to know what it was, to know why I am who I am. I don't know what form I would have taken in every other timeline. I've seen some and maybe part of me is maybe it took my metallic skin to take the Mechanicus energy that formed me as when I was an egg. I don't know. I don't know what combinations. There's a seeming on an infinite number of timelines. The infinite is possible. So everything is possible with enough time.
1: And yet, this is the one where you land among the stars. Isn't that cool? (sighs) A Draco. That's
3: gonna be pretty dope. That's gonna be pretty dope. (sighs) (sighs)
1: The Draco and the stars. Should name a constellation after you.
3: Keen, talk to Allura about that.
1: (laughs) Keen, get on it.
3: (laughs) He seems important enough to... No. (laughs) And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pull my amulet off and um, temporarily create four, four variations of it. And from different timelines and just kind of like have them take form and split and um, on the Abraxas amulet there's like glyphs and things that like in common look like they spell my name and I was like and I'm just going to be like if we each keep these we'll have something that vibrates with the same Temporal signature and if there's ever a time I can come back and well, not if there's ever a time. If time ever allows, this will be how I find you. And well, it's a little I, it's a little star-shaped amulet that kind of mimics the star on the cover of that book that we saw. The five-pointed star. And I'm gonna be like, oh right. Oh my god, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> This is the time. Oh, never mind. And I just kind of hand. Well, <laughs> oh, look, it looks like I still got a lot to learn.
4: Well, you'll figure it out. I mean, time is on our side, excluding the fact that there are unknown number of demons marching this way, and we're just here diddly daddling.
3: I've a feeling these memories are going to be gone soon because that's what they are. I mean time needs memory memories need time to have an anchor in existence. Time is just a series of anchor points for events to have happened in and I'm about to take all of that away from mm-hmm. them. I think. <laughs> As far as I understand. And then you know what? It's worth a
4: shot. Alright, what well, do we have any more of those books? I'll go over to Bridget No, we're done. We're done, it's That was the last one.
0: As the nine columns of light now connected to the astral platform, you watch as a begins to float above you edging up towards the astral platform but he's bathed in the nine points of light (laughs) they begin to warp around him
1: Mira's gonna reach up her hand as he's leaving and whisper incantations and there will be a stone that breaks and a glyph that glows at the bottom of her staff and Abraxas you feel a warmth wash over you
3: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
0: As he drifts further away, the light bathing him to the point that you could just see his smile, an absolute certainty of purpose, and the light completely absorbs him and now the steady thrum the engine coming to life the energy of this place the great broomstone veins once dormant now active again
4: well if we do not plan to leave with this place I suggest we find a way to get out of here Time to go.
0: As all of you begin to move swiftly towards the entrance, you can feel the general rotation and this place coming alive. A shadow outside waiting patiently. The great jade dragon. I don't know what you guys did, but look. As you look out on the horizon, gateways closing creatures turning to ash and memory you could feel the gradual rise and rise of the citadel watch as the great dragon's wing lays upon the ground shall we go and now you can watch as all the dragonborn are leaping off the edge of the citadel their wings (sniffs) gliding them down into the valley below
4: I will scamper on up that wing or before I do so uh any of y'all gonna be staying here? The uh, citadel? The citadel.
0: Yeah. Not just keen follows you up the wing, Gork. Um,
5: no, I couldn't bring myself to stay here.
0: Watches Keen, helps for Jet. Up onto the back of the dragon.
1: Are the people still in the city?
4: I believe so. You're going to be staying here with them.
1: And there's still a fight going on? Or the portals are done.
4: I mean, from what you could see from here,
0: whatever you guys have initiated, it's quite possible the portals are closing, and to Abraxas's promise, they are becoming memory. But nothing more.
1: (sighs) I don't even know if my people returned.
0: great dragon head curves down towards you. Shall we go take a look then?
1: Amira will nod her head and she will she will use hold on a second guys. (laughs) One more delay before we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um No, I have it here. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to use Draconic Transformation, and I'm going to take on the visage of a dragon and have the horns come out, and I'm just going to let out a huge roar and belt flames out in honor of Raxus's sacrifice for all of us. And... There'll be spectral wings that pop out just like a dragon and she'll descend with all the others.
0: (laughs) You watch as the dragon leaps off the edge of the Citadel with Frijet, Gork, and Keen on its back. Mira's dragon-like form, cruising well over a hundred dragonborn, gliding down towards the coastline down below. The familiar valley You watch as the great ancient statue holding its hands out begins to light with an iridescent kind of arcane bubble of energy that sparks out (laughs) with a kind of like arcane explosion. You watch as the Citadel rises, rises, and then suddenly the pinpoint of energy collapses in on itself and you watch as a star streaks across the horizon explosion of energy and it's gone without even understanding how or why cascading voices entering all your heads Allura Ema. Kyothi, all the voices of those that stood their ground. They're gone. The gates are gone. The creatures are gone. And the dragon banks. Mira banks. (laughs) You guys begin to fly in the direction of Anchor's Weight. Victories are expensive. While many perished in the defense of the Azure Valley and the birthplace of Ayun. that first year of recovery saw a great change in the grain lands. And before the celebration of the first anniversary of a comet that passes over this area once a year (laughs) is to be acknowledged. A few of you have unique experiences before you're going to do your epilogues. The recovery of this team and those that fought for the end of Calamity in the Valley of the Gray. Here, the first life tree of this region, one that was planted by Mira, not only has flourished, but the entire population of her surviving people found their way back here, offering Mira multiple decisions to be made. Here for Jet with the surviving members of the Truth Seekers Gork, the great war clans that you've assembled, who have survived, who've turned this place into their capital. Keen Alora and Kima offering you that final opportunity to travel with them. This year is about recovery, healing, and growth. With that in mind, what does Mira plan to do with her future that's been earned?
1: She will lead her people into safe lands, in the green lands where the first tree was planted. There, she will lead her people in peace as a head priestess. She will teach the many generations to come about the heroes that saved this land, about the Draco in the sky, and all that the future has to offer because of what we've done. And she'll walk through the towns and hear the soft breeze and the chimes she'll once again hear the harmonic voices coming from the the temple once more as she leads the procession back in and she breathes a sigh of relief once more we're home That's it.
0: What does Frigette's journey look like? What is her future?
1: Um,
5: Frigette takes her people, um, what's left of her people, and she leads them to a new home out of um, the Nomworks city, and they, they uh, rebuild them there, and she redevelops the Truth Seekers Order. Um, but she creates, like, a secondary inner circle order, um, uh, called the the Friends of Archimedes, and their job is, um, to go out in the world and find the stories of amazing pe- people and... Uh, ...hunt down
0: dangerous artifacts. Keen, What does your future look like?
2: Okay. Uh, I probably wrote too much. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> okay. As the Grey Guardians went their separate ways... ...each of them pursuing their destinies... ...and taking on new responsibilities... Keen felt a profound sense of loss. The family she had found in her companions was dispersing and the uncertainty of the future weighed heavily on her heart. She returned to Taldori with Allura and continued to work as an agent, using her unique skills and experiences to protect the realm. And though she was grateful for Allura's support, Keen found herself struggling, with powerful emotions that she hadn't really expected before. With Allura's guidance, Keen worked through the trauma of her past and slowly rebuilt the shattered pieces of her life. Even in the face of adversity, she pushed forward with resilience, eventually finding a newfound sense of security and stability with herself. In time, Keen felt strong enough to confess to Trinella, that's the daughter of the people that she had uh, taken out a confession that drove an even deeper wedge between them Trinella was horrified at what she had learned and could no longer trust Keen nor forgive her for her actions and despite Keen's heartfelt pleas for forgiveness Trinella severed ties with her former friend and mentor (sighs) I might cry (laughs) devastated by this turn of events Keen returned once more to Teldori where Allura offered her comfort and support during this time of darkness and despite this no words could erase the hurt that lingered in Keen's heart she had come close to redemption but instead found herself further entangled in a complex web of regret and loss that she could not escape years passed and Keen and Trinella eventually reconciled, but they never became as close as they once were. And despite their falling out, Keen kept her promise, ensuring Trinella's well-being through Alora, a continuous reminder of what could have been. Seeking to forge her own path and honor the lessons she had learned from her friends, Keen chose a new name for herself: Iluria symbolizing the strength, resilience, and newfound sense of self-worth she had discovered. With Illyria's support and blessing, Illyria left Teldori to embark on a new journey, determined to use her ab- abilities to make a difference in the world. As the years passed and Illyria traveled, she found that the lessons of her great Guardian friends had taken root within her. Of Braxis's craftiness, resurfaced when she needed to think outside of the box in order to find a solution for unexpected problems. And Quirk's trust in one's instincts led her to rely on her own judgment and push past any doubts that she had. Mira's kindness reminded her to be compassionate and to take into account the feelings of others. While Fragette's fearlessness encouraged her to take risks and ride the dragon. As Illyria traveled, she embraced her changeling abilities, became a living legend, mysterious figure who intervened in the lives of those she encountered, known in the tales and songs as Illyria the Grey. She delivered justice to the wicked, aided those in need and rewarded kindness where she found it. As the years went by, the legend of Illyria the Great grew and she became a symbol of hope and inspiration for those seeking to be overcome their own troubled paths. The woman once known as Keen had finally found her true identity and with it, the purpose that had eluded her for so long. After many years, Rumors of Illyria's eventual passing began to circulate, yet many refused to believe that the elusive changeling was truly gone. Sightings of mysterious figures bearing her likeness were reported, and whispers of her presence continued to echo throughout the land. The legend of Illyria the Grey lived on, her spirit woven into countless stories, inspiring future generations to find their own paths and to seek redemption and justice, and that's it.
0: <laughs> Sorry was <for> so long. it <laughs> no, was awesome. I loved it.
1: That was beautiful.
0: <laughs> What's the future hold for Gork?
4: <sighs> Gork would return to his people in the Grandlands. He would travel to the volcano of Kravgard. He would go to the crater at its peak and plant his flag announcing to all that were there that any lands not yet claimed in the north would belong to him and his people. Thus creating the very first orc empire. And while many of the, while the kingdoms to the south would be at first glad that the many tribes of marauding orcs would be gone out of their lands, there was soon a feeling of discomfort. For the only thing more troublesome than a bunch of rampaging, angry green boys is a unified empire. However, he would rule with honor as much as he could. His followers would soon come to call him the prophet, leading his people to a much brighter future than before. Though in the dark corners of the taverns and in the kingdoms to the south, many would simply refer to him as the Beast, seeing nothing more than a violent green orc ready to fight anything and everything. In time, the North would grow, with all with the roads being built by order of Gork. These would be known be known as the King's Roads, and were surprisingly safe to travel on. However, travel far from them off into the wilderness, into the orcs lands, and you may find yourself paying quite unreasonable taxes or entry fees. <laughs> as the ever the ever impatient orc kind would constantly be fighting one another, for this is a harsh land for a harsh people and gork would want them to stay strong so they would be in a feudal state the 13 great clans all fighting amongst each other but relatively keeping the peace the one main location in this north would be the city of two towers where the well it was just the city of the two towers two siege towers here would be the trade hub for the entire north, it would be be alive and vibrant places. People would settle down in the peace after the end of the calamity. Here, Gork would have commissioned the great, the building of a great library, and in front of this library there would be a great statue of a halfling with a funny little <laughs> fox on her back in time well there there would be in time, there would be four great statues built throughout the kingdom, and in time, people would forget who they were and what they did, but all would remember that they were important to the creation of this new kingdom. But this was not like your ordinary libraries for when you went inside, there are no books instead, you have Many elderly beings, orcs, halflings, dwarves, elves, dragonborn, sitting around fires, all trained in the art of remembrance. As they would read books, and they would memorize the contents of them in their complete, and them would burn the books. The knowledge preserved in the minds as they passed this tradition down from one to the next. In the city there would also be the uh, we'll call them we'll call it a, uh, a fortress, a small fortress where the chieftains would often meet. More of a drinking hall where rowdy parties would go on late into the night. And in, and in front of this hall would be the sly, roguish figure. Though many don't know, again, in time, would the, the name would be forgotten. But she would be remembered as a great hero who helped Gork forge this kingdom. And then the third in the city, and last, in front of the Scholarium, a great place where magic will be perfected, is... The statue of a metallic dragonborn with great wings. And many would come here from all over, tribal shamans, sorcerers, and wizards, to perfect their art of the arcane and the magic. However, there is one other place in this great north, for as when people settled in the peace, fortresses were not built. Walls were not erected. They were not necessary for peace had finally come to this land, to these lands, except for one. Mount Kravagard. I can't ever say that fucking
0: right. <laughs> I know it's a hard one.
4: <laughs> Any who travel this far less traveled path to the volcano would soon set their eyes upon the greatest fortress ever created. With walls made of stone so big, it is said that only storm giants could have put them in place. With great doors forged by dwarves, reinforced by mithril and Animantium, with catapults and trebuchets and ballistae atop the wall, this was a formidable place. Few are allowed entry, for this is Quick's realm, where his tribe reigns supreme. As one would look up the mountain, you would see at the, near the top great docks where brutal airships would moor. Many, there are a few for trade coming and going, but here you see dozens of airships silent, waiting to be awoken for the sails to be filled with air, for the balloons to be full, to be called to war. For this was a fortress of warriors ever ready, ever prepared for what would ever come next. Over at the very top of this volcano, one would see the, the coverings of a great tree. For Gork's standard placed there was made with a branch from a certain druid's magical tree. And this would take root in the volcanic soil and the snow And would grow tall and large with its canopy covering the top of the volcano. In the crater, something unusual would happen. The snow would melt, and plants would grow. But these were no ordinary plants. For in this magical place, anything can grow. In abundance, the the herbs that alchemists used that can only be found in rare and exotic places would grow here in abundance. Even things from the Fae could be brought and planted in its soil. And in the very center in front of the tree would be the statue of a druid. Again in time, the name would be worn down to where none would read. But once again, they would all know that this was yet another hero. And then deep within the volcano over a cooled magma pit. Held by chains would be a great onyx throne. A throne made of volcanic glass sat upon a platform above what was once a great magma chamber. And this is where Gork would rule from. In time, though, orcs are not known to have long lives but gork would live longer than most when his time when went one day and his as he was aging he would gather his chieftains and his greatest warriors to his citadel and he would give them each 13 scrolls with a golden seal protected by divine power he gave his final words to his chiefs. It is unknown what he said to them, and they never spoke of it. Only being passed down from chief to chief. Gork would retire to his throne room with his greatest warriors, and the doors would seal for the final time, unable to be opened, protected along the seam by 13 golden seals. And it is rumored... (laughs) That one day the 13 seals will be broken, and down from the sky, that chariot of fire pulled by beasts yet unseen will ride Gork to wage war against any who would threaten his people or his god.
0: Before
4: that was awesome.
0: <laughs> Gork's done epilogues before, so I really appreciate what you did there, Gork. Awesome. That was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> before empires are built, before ancient gnomish cities are restored, the journey of a lost people being brought into a familiar valley to be given a second opportunity, and an ever busy individuals seeking redemption, they make a promise to each other. The first day of Thunshir, the beginning of spring, they would meet on a hilltop near the entrance to Tooth Valley. And they would equally sit alongside each other around a table with a fifth empty seat. And rumors of these strange people doing this year after year after year grows. They share stories, they drink, they eat, but always the equal of friends. They do not bring their future with them. They sit and they talk of the past. They talk of the things that shaped their journey. The sacrifices made. The cost of future. Secured in the past. (laughs) I know, you'll get your chance. (laughs) Always under a silken pavilion, always staring up at the sky to see that familiar streak of Comet streak by.
3: So we find Abraxas. once the citadel blips off <clears throat> um, it like time loses all meaning but then Abraxas comes to the realization um, that he can meditate on time within this citadel and astrally project himself uh, essentially into different timelines And and at first it's kind of explorational like He, uh, he, he like checks the first thing he does is find the one timeline where he's with his mom, the one that was like the very superficial life that was taken from him. He's like, okay. And he got to kind of experience it and observe it. And then he gets to his other, another timeline where things don't go well. And he's trying to like pinpoint, he's like trying to learn to navigate these timelines and eventually he comes to the realization and the understanding that the reason why he was tapped is because he now has to go back in time and Bill and Ted's, <laughs> the Grey Guardians' timeline. <laughs> we'll just do it, it in the future. I just yeah. gotta go back after we save the world.
2: <laughs> <I love it.
3: laughs> and now, whenever there's been an event where... Menti found abraxas it's ultimate abraxas going and nudging a piece of stone over that rock so this is very um hermione with the time turner thing yeah where i'm just like it allowing i have to go back and figure it all out and construct these moments where not just for the great guardians but for everyone there's suddenly there's the, you know, third trammel going into Vecna by uh, the Fox Machina. The, the every time there's a there's a life-altering kind of world phenomenon, there's been my time allowed me to go in there and kind of nudge things, not to determine outcome, but to put people back on the right path.
0: Yeah, and I imagine at one point as a very heavily drunken gork is about to sit in his obsidian throne. Mm. He gets it quite wrong. He's almost about to fall off into the lava, mm. but there's like a gentle wind that kind of nudges him back towards the
4: throne. Mm. <laughs> I'm not I'm not not the correct you, but <clears throat> the throne sits on a bigger platform. But you know what <laughs> like?
0: whatever course. you guys have your fates at stake.
3: Every time in this campaign that you have lucked out and made something happen from nothing and even me like you know doing something it's always been with kind of like a oh if I move this rock the butterfly effect will have allowed that to happen and then um, while all this is continuing once we get to the part where I say goodbye again it it um, hurts so I'm I flick the thing around Abraxas's neck and I'm like give him the thing give him the thing and that's when he remembers he's like oh yeah that's right here and he gives you these are. and because they're all temporally charged every time you guys get together that when they're close together I know so I am in that fifth chair and i let you guys live your lives and i still get to see it because on a long enough timeline i'm on every i'm in everybody's i get to see all and then i realize oh no that's what cronus is oh that's i'm just and then with that realization i'm back to being in the timeline again um finding Menti and being told oh I gotta go see Kyothi about a about a book and I get to do it
0: all again a young couple stand near a village that has recently been founded along the Sawtooth Valley mysterious old ruins that are unexplained. This young couple paid for this plot of land, for the hard work and sacrifice of a future that they are unaware as to how much it truly cost. And as they stand there watching their home be built, they look up on a hill. They look at each other confused And they begin to walk up towards the top of this hill that overlooks not only their home, but the other homes that are being built down below. And it's strange. There's an old weathered table. Tattered silken pavilion. Five weathered chairs. Doesn't look like anyone's been here for a very long time. They walk amongst it. They run their hands across the weathered wood. Look around, they see a tankard all beat up and dented on the ground. A spoon discarded. A cracked copper plate off to the side. A well-worn path that leads down towards the coast. They stop and they stare and they look, not understanding, wondering, what is this place? Why is this here? But there's a bit of reverence, an acknowledgement. No one's disturbed this And they're all pretense and they decide to leave it just in case, just in case. And as the young couple walk back down the hill, they stare the myriads of crowds of people that kind of linger in new streets, New pathways, new homes, new futures. The young couple look up. Huh. A comet. <laughs> streaks by. Two share a moment and smile up at the comet. The young woman has her hand around a necklace that she's inherited from a very special friend, a five-star pendant, and she walks. And that's it. We're done. <laughs> I love endings. They're so much or fun.
3: Are <laughs> or are we? <laughs> Roll for initiative. We got to fight this girl.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Two years. Two years. <laughs> Woo, oh, oh man. You. Gork, that was great, Sam. That was, I love that. You did great. Like, Ches Ray watching all the way to the end. <laughs> yeah. Thank
1: you, Ches. <laughs>
0: By the way, Uh-oh. MP Studios built this, so. Amazing. Woo! Yes, they, they yeah. built this new studio. Ray is an amazing close friend of mine and will always be an amazing close friend <laughs> of mine. So, well folks, that's it. This story has come to a conclusion. This tale is, well, for these five characters, <laughs> have concluded mm-hmm. as we are now going to be off for the next three weeks, taking a breather, enjoying our Sunday evenings for a while.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And these five amazing people are going to write their next world <laughs> that they're going to visit each other in with whole new characters, whole new campaign, whole new everything. And we will be back. I'm thinking about the last week of April. Let will give us a solid three weeks to you know, do some writing, work together, and figure out what we're going to do next. Um, I'm going to poke Mike and see if I can't get him to do a lot more artwork that we can use as the I'd be happy to. overlay and the backdrop and have a lot of fun with that. Mm. Um, I will say this much. Uh, this game is important because this is how you meet new people. This is how you learn discourse and trust this is how you get your empathy muscle back (laughs) this is how you learn that it's okay to have safe spaces of fun and play in those spaces and remind yourself that we're not anything other than human and that's what we are and it's okay to be human and have these experiences be vulnerable tell stories Talk to each other, enjoy the limited amount of time that we have on this place and do not miss out on these amazing opportunities. There are so many people out there that are alone and missing these opportunities and I want you to find them and enjoy them and become someone new, become something different. Don't be afraid to be yourself. Take some friends along with you and learn how to journey. Say goodnight, everybody. We're gonna linger afterwards. Goodnight, so we'll everybody. About Good night. <laughs> 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 remember. Be safe, be kind, play a game.
4: Looks good you for bad. you.
0: You'll enjoy it. And for the last time, for the final time, to- I can't wait to see what Mallory builds for us next time. Hell yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we got to see it. <laughs> oh, you will, Chez. We're going to, we, me and Mira have talked about that. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, uh, Chez, I'll send you a link shortly. So everyone else linger for a final time. That the final journey. Gradients of the Grey Guardians.